welcome to the Watermark Students Podcast, a podcast for students featuring students where we discuss the everyday issues of teenage life from a Christian perspective. For more information on Watermark Students, check out watermark.org slash students, and we hope that this episode is helpful to you. What's up, you guys? We are back for another episode of the Watermark Students Podcast, and I have a couple of guests with me in the podcast studio. Again, my name is Jermaine Harrison. If we've never met before, we'd love to meet you in real life, but I have a couple of guests, and I'd love to give them the opportunity to introduce themselves. So, Gabby, why don't you take it away? Hi, I'm Gabby Parker, and I'll be attending Auburn University this fall. Let's go Tigers. Where you go? Oh, yeah. They're mm-hmm. tigers and they're eagles. That doesn't make sense, but that's for another podcast. Hi, I'm Hannah Spence, and I'm on the students team. I'm Timothy Atik, TA. I went to Texas A&M University, so Gabby, there's still time. I just <laughs> want to say that. And uh, I'm, on the, I'm on the teaching pastors here at Watermark. Let's go. Here's, here's a fun fact. Being on the students team for the last, like, 10 years or so, there's always a few students that try to blaze their own trail and, like, go to some random college. Auburn doesn't fit Whoa. into the category of random college. However, there are many that go to, like, some obscure college that no one's ever heard of. And then in a semester, you know where they are in college, Texas A&M or Baylor. So if that's mm-hmm. you out there and you're like, I'm trying to be all unique and rogue, <laughs> just go to A&M. It's going to be fine. You're going to meet some great that. friends and you're going to have said, this. You said that exactly how I told you to say it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Okay. Hey, just like we always have a, a conversation to break the ice at the beginning of our podcast episodes, today is no different. TA, you may not know this, but so far this, this summer as we've been recording these episodes, our special guests, we've been trying to keep them relevant. So far has been... Um, uh, older gentlemen that are on staff at Watermark Community <laughs> Church. I don't know if you fall into the category of older gentlemen, but regardless. Yeah, if if I do, that's a defining, this is a defining <laughs> day for me. This is, this is you don't, clarifying. You don't, you don't, you don't. But we do still want to keep you relevant. Please. We know that you work with young adults, so maybe you're a little bit more relevant than others that we've had on the podcast. Um, well, we'll put that to the test yeah. right now, in fact. And so Gabby is going to just kind of share with you some 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 teenage lingo and right. what you're going to do <laughs> is try to translate what she shares with you into you know understandable english english for maybe people in your demographic that maybe have never heard that phrase before so whatever your Sounds best great. guess is I love it. um we're trying to keep you relevant Gabby? i'm ready okay so the phrase of the day is canon event so how i'd use it in a sentence is like Oh, that's a canon event. Um, if someone, let's say, is a nerd, they lose their acne, they lose their glasses, they go to college, become a tech billionaire, that's a canon event. Can you explain what that means? Yeah, what you're saying is like that, like that moment in their life, it was like, it was explosive. Like that is when everything changed for them. Mm, exactly. It's no, close. it's a little close. It's more like when you have a trope in a story that's very common and you see it quite often. So like if you see something like Star Wars where you have twins separated at birth and then you see that in another story, that's that's a canon event. And if you see it in real life, and you're like, oh, well, that's a canon event. It has to happen kind of thing. So it's not something that is like explosive, but like that needs to happen. Mm. 
it's a common way of telling a story in a fictitious way that usually happens in real life. Mm-hmm. Got it. I didn't know that one either, so that's uh, good. That's really helpful. I thought it was just another <laughs> way of um, talking about Nexus events. Porch, tomorrow night, I'm going to use cannabis <laughs> and totally misuse it. <laughs> Everyone's going to be like, what? <laughs> oh, man, that's good. Gabby, do you have any other ones? Or that was your only one? That was early Okay, one, that was but... the only one. Well, I thought when they first brought up canon event to me, for those of you who are uh, uh, comic book or comic book movie nerds, there's a term in comic book m- movies or comic books called nexus events. And it's like a pivotal life-changing moment. Like the moment the, you know, Captain America becomes like really, really strong or... You know, if you grow up, if you grow a foot over the summer, like that's a nexus event in your life that changes the trajectory forever. That's what I thought it was. It sounds like it should be that. It's, but it's similar. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a big TikTok I'm with you, trend. Jermaine. From here on out, that's what it means. Let's go. Let's go. Well, all right. Hey, now that the audience has gotten a seat at the table, if you will, with one of our teaching pastors, we're going to make a transition to the, the topic of the day. And to set up where we're going, um, this podcast has been going on for three years, and um, this is our eighth season. And probably one of our most listened to episodes, if not the most listened to episode, is an episode that we did um, with the title, How Should I Respond uh, to a Friend Who Is Struggling With Suicidal Thoughts? And as we noticed, truly the hundreds of listens and downloads that that episode got, we realized um, something that we you know, assumed to be true, that there are a lot of people out there who are struggling with um significant stress and anxiety and depression and hopelessness and despair and that people want to know how to deal with that and help you know a family member a loved one someone they they genuinely care about not make the sad permanent unfortunate decision of of taking their own life and so um we we thought that this was a relevant enough topic to revisit and bring a somewhat of a quote unquote subject matter expert onto the the podcast to just kind of share his thoughts and wisdom from God's word and from his own um, life and experience uh, with us. And so today our topic is how can Christians respond to suicidal thoughts? And so if that you know previous podcast was on how you serve and care for someone else who might be struggling and and wrestling with this issue, like today is like a little bit more personal to use. And so as you're listening to this episode, man, we truly do pray that if uh, depression, anxiety, uh, despair, hopelessness are part of your story, that God in his kindness and grace would use the words that are shared here today to um, change, to be a nexus event, truly to change the trajectory of your life. And so um, Gabby, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So our first question is, do Christians get depressed and struggle with suicidal thoughts? The, the simple answer is absolutely. And I think that, uh, you know, what I'm grateful for is that the Bible doesn't sugarcoat anything. The Bible does not give uh, a picture of life for Christians that is really unattainable or unrealistic. So when I look in the scriptures, uh, I'm I'm really thankful for the wording of Job 3. So if if you don't know the story of Job, Job was a guy who had a lot going well for him. And then 
everything fell apart in a matter of moments. He had a lot of his family passed away, uh, a lot of his uh, income and work, everything just kind of vanished. Uh, And so what we see Job saying, listen to his wording. If you were to go and read Job chapter three, the whole chapter is basically him just saying, I wish I was dead, which is crazy. I mean, listen to his wording in verse 20 of chapter three says, why is light given to him who is in misery and life to the bitter in soul who long for death, but it comes not and dig for it more than for hidden treasures. Mm -hmm. So do you hear what he's saying? He's like, I, I wish I would die. Like I would dig for death, like a hidden treasure. And then he ends this song. He's basically writing in verse 26. He says, I am not at ease nor am I quiet. I have no rest, but troubles come. So this is a, this is a real picture of a guy in a really tough place, just saying, I would rather be dead than alive. And then, um, you know, I think about Jesus himself in Matthew 26, verse 38. Uh, what do we see? We see Jesus sweating blood in the garden. This is, this is just this is right before he's about to be betrayed and arrested. And what does it say? He says, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. And so what you see is you see Jesus in that moment tasting a type of sorrow that he would say, it is, a, it is, it is such a deep sorrow that it, it in some way reaches to, to death. And so... I think our own savior, Jesus, can even identify with the depth of sorrow that many would consider. Uh, he's, he's acquainted with the sorrow that for many people today would lead to suicidal thoughts. I'll put it that way. Yeah, that's really good. And as you shared that last point on Jesus being acquainted with the sorrow, the thought that came to my mind is that in our culture today, and maybe this is a you know, a longer conversation for another podcast on just like anxiety and stress and all of those things. But in our culture today, it's, um, there's this like feeling that negative emotions are bad or they shouldn't exist or they should be, um, removed as quickly as possible. If you feel bad or if you feel sad, or if you, um, you know, feel some level of sadness that, Um, something is wrong that you need to fix ASAP. And I just like, those are normal human emotions. And so the, the heart of where this question even comes from of do Christians get depressed and struggle with suicidal thoughts, I think comes from that cultural feeling of, um, nothing should be wrong. I shouldn't be experiencing or feeling negative emotions. And even with those two examples of Job experientially with losing literally everything, his family and his livelihood is at a place where he is in such deep grief and despair and pain and loss. He's like, I'd I'd rather die. And um, even talking about Jesus being acquainted with the sorrow that we can experience, I think is just instructive for us to just go, um, hey, this is more normal than you think. And I think it's a lie of the enemy that people who have um, acted upon their suicidal thoughts. I think that at one point or another in their wrestling with this, they go, um, I'm the only one. Like no one else has thought this or felt this or thought this way for this long of a time. And so this must be the only solution. Like the enemy wants you to feel and 
believe that you're isolated and that you're the only one struggling with it. And it's just, it's just not true. It's false. Yeah. So let me just say this. What I just share with you is the the biblical explanation for suicidal thoughts or depression, but just from a practical place, like I have had suicidal thoughts before and I'm a pastor at a church now, but, uh, I would say that my personality has over the good majority of my life has leaned towards depression and anxiety. It's something that I've had to to get help for. At times I've even taken medication for it because it's not just a like a youthful angst where I just am never happy in life, but it is possible to to be in a place where where you really do struggle with the the weight of life, the complexities, the anxiety, and just not feeling good in life. So just from a practical standpoint, I just want to be clear that that in my past, I've had suicidal thoughts and in battled depression and anxiety. And that's just my story. And when I've shared my story from the stage, and when I've talked about suicide from the stage, I just want whoever's listening right now to to let you know that you are not Alone, the reason I can say that is anytime I've talked about suicide, I've always been amazed at how many people will come up and say, you're talking to me, or I was actually planning to take my life today. And so this is this has been my experience, and I've talked about suicide multiple times. So just so you know, this is a real wrestle for people, especially during their teenage years. Yeah. Gabby, what are your thoughts? As you hear what he shared just now, you know, what's what's been maybe a little bit of your experience with how teenagers even are affected by, you know, depression, suicidal thoughts? Um, well, I think one, too, this is really ultimately a question of control, like believing that because we're Christian, because we believe in God, that we're able to control our emotions and feelings, which is just simply not true. Um, and that plays into like, we need to trust the Lord, even through our sorrow and pain, um, and social anxiety, which is what I see a lot of my peers struggling with is that they're being thrown into an environment that is full of their peers who are struggling with the exact same things they're struggling with, whether that's purpose or identity, and they're looking for it in things that aren't going to fulfill them, whether it's social media, drinking, drugs, sex, um, they're left lonely because they're trying to satisfy a desire that's ultimately only fulfilled in Christ um, in the forgiveness of our sins and the trust in Lord. Um, and I think that kind of leads into our next question about whether, well, it just goes, do I struggle with suicide and depression because I lack faith? And couldn't God just take away these thoughts and feelings um, rather than leaving me in this cycle of depression um, and loneliness? I think that that's a great question. And I want to be clear, I I am not a professional counselor. I have no license that would make me more qualified to speak in, in a clinical way to depression, anxiety, suicide. But from a, from a spiritual perspective, here's what I can say, is that uh, we experience brokenness in our bodies due to sin. And I think uh, we as Christians are completely fine in understanding when we experience the the impact of sin 
in our physical issues. So if someone has asthma, we can chalk asthma up to the fall. Like that's a, that's not how it's supposed to be. Or, you know what? I have a tendency when I was in high school, I got, I was a runner. I got multiple stress fractures and that's just a part of, we live in a broken world or cancer. All of these things we can look at and say, that's because we live in a sinful world. We experience brokenness in our bodies and we are completely fine with that. But we, we struggle to accept the reality that that brokenness doesn't just affect everything from the neck down. It can actually impact our minds as well. And so uh, when we talk about mental illness, that is, that is a product of the fall. We live in a Genesis 3 fallen world, which impacts every area of our body, including our minds. And so for some people, that is going to manifest itself in a leaning towards depression and anxiety. For some people, it's going to be just, uh, and this is where you got to seek professional help to really understand the clinical aspect of things. But I would just say for, there's sometimes where there's situations that are, it's circumstantial. You're stressed out because you have four tests in one week. That's pretty understandable. Like if you're, if you experience stress because you have four tests, that makes sense. Or if you're lonely because friends have rejected you, that that can cause negative emotions. And that is normal and natural to feel that way. And that doesn't make you unspiritual. Uh, but in those moments, we have a responsibility to go to the Lord with those things, to seek the Lord for help and for healing, to look to Christ as the deepest satisfaction of our souls. And at the same time, there are, there, there are, there's moments where things are actually more clinical, where things in your brain are just not working as they should. And it is, it's, it's good and right to, to seek out help from people who can help you navigate some of the complexities of, of living in a broken world with our minds. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And the thing that came to my mind, you know, just even as you're talking and reflecting on that question, couldn't God just take away these thoughts and feelings? You know, I think my answer is yes, he could, but he would be taking away, you know, part of what it means to to even be human, to Mm -hmm. take away the, the emotions that we were, we were created with. And he would be removing the, the, the opportunity, if you will, to, to run to him and to um, find hope and rest in him and not just uh, God as a, a, a vending machine who's like, all right, you got these problems with your, your thoughts and feelings. I'll take care of it to bring your life back to a, a place of ease and comfort. And so, yeah, that's what came to my mind when I thought about that as you're, as you're um, sharing your thoughts, which I think are really helpful. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the ways that we encounter the Lord. I think about what David says in Psalm 34. He said, he says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. So what's the equation? He has fears. It's a normal part of the human experience. But what does he do? He seeks the Lord and the Lord delivers him from those. And, and I would say that for a good majority of believers, that's going to be your experience because there's going to be circumstances that cause stress, anxiety, sadness, and you go to the Lord and the Lord is going to do a work in your life through his word, through the ministry of his spirit, through the ministry of his people. And then at times God is going to 
allow uh, the help of more uh, professionally minded people to be able to step in and give further help. Yeah, that's so great. Um, I love what Jermaine and T.A. both said. Um, And the thing that came to mind as y'all were talking was um, in regards to the story of Paul and his life in 2 Corinthians 11 and 12, he talks about a thorn in the flesh um, and talks about how he's brought that to the Lord um, over and over. And the Lord didn't take it away. And we don't have a reason for like why he did or didn't. He just didn't. And in that, that caused Paul a lot of pain and grief um, and suffering. And he continued to bring it to the Lord. So we see pain push us towards the Lord and there's intimacy with Christ there. But the other part of that, that we see as well, like Paul didn't let that lead him to despair or even in his faith and knowing that heaven is better, didn't push him towards death and with the Lord, but instead he allowed that to push him further in his ministry to share the gospel, to lay down his life for the sake of others. And so you see the Lord leave us with things for reasons we don't understand. And that's all through the Bible. I think of even the story of Joseph where time and time again, there's just hard circumstances. Almost looks like the Lord doesn't hear or see him or is forgotten. And yet the Lord is present and working things all throughout his story. And so with that, the Lord does have the ability to take it away. But oftentimes he works in ways that we don't understand and leaves us with hard things um, for our good and for his glory. Mm. Yeah, I, I love the way you said there. Pain pushes us to the Lord. Like, you know, you you kind of hear that and you go, no, I don't want pain. Like, why do we need pain? And, and you know, you kind of, you know, bristle at that thought. But like exactly what you were just talking about, God says to like, let's assume the Apostle Paul's thorn in the f- flesh, quote unquote, was suicidal thoughts. Like he was coming to the Lord, like, please, I don't want to think about these things. I don't want to dwell on them. Lord, can you take it away? And the Lord's like, I could take it away, but my grace is sufficient for you. And, you know, that doesn't seem like a great answer to us. We're like, no, why don't you just take away the thoughts (laughs) and give us some grace? That would be kind of nice. And, you know, there's there's some mystery to it that we won't ever be able to fully comprehend or understand. But I think it goes back to to your point, Hannah, that that pain pushes us to, to the Lord and that there are um, struggles and challenges, even this one with suicidal thoughts that you may never gain full freedom from, even after bringing it to the Lord or even after seeking clinical help that it may never be fully um, eradicated from your life until you're with Jesus one day. And if that's true, like the the what Second Corinthians says is true for you, that his grace is sufficient for you. And um, man, what a truth to reflect on it and think about. I wanted to ask Gabby this question before she keeps the conversation going. Um, you know, we've obviously heard and seen uh, a rise in teenage depression, um, anxiety, suicidal ideation, and and suicide attempts um, in, in, in recent years. Um, and in some senses, it was always around in terms of the depression and anxiety, but it seems to be heightened in today's culture. And so, Gabby, from your experience as a teenager, what would you say are some of the the major contributors from your personal experience and uh, of your world to the rise amongst the the seeming rise, or maybe even the more just it's just more out in the open in today? Yeah, I think there's like two major parts to it. Um, 
The first would be hyper individualism. I think we're taught to cater to ourselves um, and constantly look ourselves in the mirror and point out, hey, this is what I want for my life. This is how it needs to look like. And whether it's going through like social media or looking at our peers, um, we're taught to obsess over ourselves and our desires and what we want to do next and who we want to be with and satisfying that. Um, and like that second part would be quick satisfaction. We can get things easily. Um, we can do Uber Eats or we can go to social media and connect with friends, do Snapchat, Instagram, um, or just there's clickbait reels, Amazon entertainment. We can go to the movie theater um, and not actually process what we're going through. Um, but get that quick satisfaction of, I want this now, I need this now. Well, you're training yourself to always look for that. And when it comes to real relationships um, and forming true connections with people, you don't have that. You're not creating that. You're talking to people on the phone, but not having a real conversation over coffee and looking in them in the eyes and saying, oh yeah, I'm here for you. I love you. Um, and I think that's really important. And when you lose that, you're creating a lot of loneliness um, in a generation that I just don't think feels heard um, in a broad sense and doesn't feel purpose. Um, you have a lot of sad people. Um, and they're taught not to feel things. They're taught that we should always be happy and satisfy that. Ecclesiastes 3 talks about how there is a time for everything. There's a time to have joy, to weep, to mourn, to dance. Um, and when you don't actually go through those natural processes, um, I think you're finding people who are really just unsatisfied with their lives at a very early age. Um, and that's just very sad. You're also seeing a lot of broken families. Um, just looking at my peers, I just know people who have heartbreaking stories um, and you just feel for them. But ultimately, we're taught to cut off people who don't benefit us. We're, there's trends like, hey, like cut out toxic people. Yeah, cut out toxic <laughs> people in your life. And Maybe, maybe that's true. Maybe that person's really hurting you, but also it's teaching you, well, I don't like this person. Then I can, I can cut them out. Like I don't need them instead of actually working through that relationship and creating boundaries or digging through the hard things and like, oh, well, we disagree. Maybe we should talk about that and have a true conversation rather than just being like, oh, I hate them. They don't, they don't agree with me. Um, and I kind of want to rant there, but like, <laughs> yeah, this a lot girl, of this girl climbed up on her soapbox. <laughs> I was preaching. Um, I, I love what you said when you, that your first answer was hyper individualism. Yeah. Like, wow, that is mm. that is so observant and so self aware. Because truly, that's exactly what it is. It's yep. I don't need anyone else. I don't need their help. And when you get to the place where you're ready to act on, you know, your suicidal thoughts, usually it's you know. You've been relying on yourself for so long and you've come to the end of yourself like you, 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 you don't have a solution. And because you've been trusting yourself for so long, you think the way to solve this is to maintain control and make this permanent, sorrowful, damaging decision. Yeah. So, man, that's really good. Really that's like a word, it. sis. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Let's keep going. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So. What hope is there for those who do struggle with suicide? Yeah, I think I think what's important to realize uh, for the majority of people who are uh, battling suicidal thoughts or really uh, difficult emotions, I think it's good to realize that emotions by nature change. Like our emotions 
change all the time. Like you can be, you can have your best moments and your worst moments all on the same day because emotions change. And so your emotions will not stay the same. Circumstances by nature change. Like our circumstances change all the time. So where you are today isn't where you will always be. And so I think it's just good for people to realize that. Like, you know, the best definition I've heard for suicide is that suicide is often an impulsive and irreversible. It's a permanent and irreversible uh, decision to change temporary circumstances. And so I think it's it's good to realize that uh, things can change and things will change and you will not always be where you are. So that's the that's the first thing is that things can change. The, the second thing is to know that people actually do care about you. One of the biggest lies that people believe when they're battling suicide is that nobody really cares. That, that It's the biggest lie. No one really cares. A lot of times we can visualize our own funeral. Like we want to look and see, like if I were to die, who would actually come to my funeral? Uh, because in deep down, the reason you even wonder that is you wonder if anyone cares. And so the the key is to believe that people do care. The reason we're even doing this podcast is because we care. So we don't even need to know who's listening or what your name is to know that we care enough about you to have a whole podcast about it. And so let me just tell you right now, if you're one of those people listening and you don't feel like anyone cares, please call the church. Please shoot the student ministry an email so that we can extend care to you. Um, but you have people who are fighting for you. And then most of all, God cares. Like the reason Jesus left heaven and came to earth is so that you might live. That's the message of the gospel. Jesus says, I came that you might have life and have it to the full. The message of the gospel is that Jesus died so that we could live. So uh, Jesus came to give you life, not for you if you're going to lose your life, you lose your life to Jesus, okay? And that is a spiritual topic, not a physical one. That's the laying down of your life to follow Jesus. But uh, he wants you to live. That's so good. Um, I think I want to wrap up by our time by asking us, all three of you guys, the same question. So on the podcast, we got a Gen Zer, Gabby. We got a young millennial, younger yeah. millennial, and we have an elder millennial (laughs) (laughs) and um i want to end on the the point of practical application and so um gabby and and hannah for you guys i want you to think about your friend your peer um and then for tia i want you to think of one of your sons and you know they come to you and they go hey i'm i'm not necessarily looking to to actually go through on the the act of uh, of committing suicide, but I do on a regular basis, you know, and regular could be subject subjective, but whatever they mean by regular basis, have suicidal thoughts. And I don't want to have those thoughts or I don't want to act upon this, but I keep having these thoughts like, so what do I do? Like, what, how do I, how do I make a change? How do I make a shift? Like what's some practical advice that you would give to your peer, um, or your own son or a young adult who comes to you with that specific circumstance. Any of y'all can start. 
I can start us. Um, I love that you painted in the picture of circumstance because as we've already talked about, oftentimes it is a circumstance that is um, bringing about these thoughts and feelings and it will change. And oftentimes with suicidal ideation, we say always and never when it comes to our thoughts and emotions. But those two things, things change. They will not always be the same and never change is not true. So those are first lies. And the only absolutes that we do have is that there's an enemy that is trying um, to pull us away from the Lord and distract us and put those thoughts there. And then the second truth is that we have a kind and loving father um, who always gives a way out of temptation and fear and um, anxiety and those things that constantly um, want to sneak into our mind. We are able to bring those to the father and those are things that should drive us to him. So with that, we have a very loving father um, and all through Psalms is one of my favorite books to go to when I myself have um anxiety or depressive thoughts or when counseling a friend in that because you just see David throughout the majority of Psalms cry out to the Lord in really hard situations and communicate his pain. So my advice would be like, hey, communicate that to others and communicate it to the Lord um, because his response back is showing his attentive care and that his desire is not for you to sit in those hard things. And one that comes to mind is in Psalms 56 where it talks about the Lord catching um, every tear in a bottle and keeping count of your tossings. And I'm like, how attentive does he have to be to catch every tear? And it just paints a beautiful picture of how close the Lord is to us in every situation. Um, and he even talks about how he's near to the brokenhearted. Like he specifically points out um, people who are brokenhearted in painful situation, crushed in spirit. Um, and he makes it a point to say like, hey, I am near to you. And so my um, practical application would be like, Tell others, let them in, um, don't isolate in that and then allow them to speak truth in that and don't let the idea of this will always and never change um, be what leads through your thought process. That's good. Yeah, I think my big thing would just be if you're like in immediate trouble and you're on the edge, like go to a medical professional and someone you trust. Um, Proverbs seventeen seventeen says a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Proverbs 27, 9 says oil and perfume make the heart glad and the sweet nest of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. It is so important for us to be in community with others and have other people's counsel um, and advice. And I think especially if you're struggling with that, um, as a teenager, you need to go to someone who's older than you. Friends are so important, but a lot of times they're struggling with the same things as us. Um, and I think it's way more important to get advice from someone who has been through the trials of life and has seen everything um, and really is invested um, in who you are as a person um, and to go to them and be like, hey, I'm struggling with this. I need help. Um, two, I would work out, be healthy, eat well. Um, a lot of the stuff we struggle with, I think we just comes from a bad diet and bad living space um, of, hey, you're you're just not treating your body well. Um, the Lord wants us to treat our body well. First Corinthians 3.17 says, if any man destroys the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy and that is what we are. Um, you are holy. God has made you for a purpose and he loves you dearly. And that's every part of you, whether it's your emotions or your being, your soul um, or your person. And I think it's important for us to take care of that. And then three, I would just say, um, go to scripture, read the word, um, 
pour into God and give him your troubles. Um, he's a God who comforts and wants to be with you. Yeah. That's about it. Come on. Yeah. Any thoughts? I don't know that I have much to add. I, I think that <laughs> Truly, they just, I'm like, let's just end this I podcast. I think that they crushed it. I, I think what I heard them say is, you know, uh, what I think Gabby just spoke to is, is choose to fight. And when you like, if you're not in a great place, choose to fight. And one of the ways that you can fight is by doing the small things. It's, you know, for me, when I, when I look at my kids, sometimes their worst days emotionally are the days where they're just binging screens because they're not getting up and getting the blood flowing and getting outside and getting sunlight and getting around other people. So I just say, do the small things, get up, spend time reading your Bible, spend time praying, go outside, go for a run, exercise, get around other people, get sleep at night. A big thing is if your sleep rhythms are off, it will throw you all off. It's amazing how important sleep in sleep is. So do the small things mm. and then, you know, choose to go, choose to go to someone else. Just like they've said, choose to tell someone, um, tell a parent, tell uh, a Bible study leader, tell a friend, um, and don't be afraid if at some point the, the best thing for you to do is to talk to talk to a medical professional, to talk to your family doctor and just say, hey, here's what's been going on with me. And let me just pause and say, look, if you are in a place right now where you have a plan to take your life, like somehow God has you listening to this podcast when you have a plan to take your life, then I would encourage you to go tell someone right now and you can call the National Suicide Hotline, but go tell your parent. Go to the emergency room. Do not sit where you are. Get up. Get out of your house and tell someone. Take a step. And then, uh, you know, I just encourage you guys, choose to to live another day. Like, choose to live today. I think about the words of Psalm 118, verse 17. It says this, I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. That's a decision. I shall not die. I will not die. I will live and I will recount the deeds of the Lord. So my encouragement is you can choose to live until tomorrow. And when tomorrow comes, you can choose to live until the next day. One day at a time, choose to live. Remembering that Jesus died so that we could live. I love that. John 10, 10 is something that a verse that comes to my mind and I looked it up to make sure it was the right address. It says a thief comes only to steal, to kill and to destroy. And so, you know, wherever you are, if you're struggling with suicidal thoughts or have a plan or means like Tia was just referencing, man, the enemy, his entire goal is to steal your sense of purpose, um, to kill any hope and trust that you have in the Lord or in community or in his word. And ultimately he wants to destroy your life. He wants you to, to take your life. And I, I think the reminder from this verse in John 10 is Jesus is saying, I want the exact opposite for you. I want to give to you. I want to um, give you life, life that the way it was meant to be lived, filled with meaning and hope and purpose and joy. And so, I mean, the only thing I would add is, you know, what Philippians 4, 8 says, what 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says, both of those verses basically encourage you to, um, 
take control of your thoughts, right? Ten Second Corinthians ten five talks about taking every thought and making it obedient to Christ. Philippians 4, 8 talks about thinking only on things that are true and just and holy and right and pure. And if there's any virtue and if there's any praise, like think about these things. And so honestly, maybe the practical application isn't that deep and you, you know, have this wandering thought and you go, oh no, I'm starting to wrestle with suicidal thoughts. And honestly, maybe you're not. And that's just the enemy trying to plant a seed in your mind. And uh, the encouragement from scripture is to go, no, I'm not going to uh, rest in and sit in that thought. I'm going to pray in this moment. I'm going to move on with my life. Like it could be as, you know, as quote unquote simple as that. Um, but I think y'all's advice of running to the Lord, being, re- being reminded of the gospel of surrounding yourself with community and finding hope and help when, when you, when you need it most is so, so important. So anyways, T.A., Thank you so much for being on the podcast with us, Hannah. Thanks, Gabby. Thank you so much for for sharing your thoughts and climbing up on your soapbox a couple of times. Man, we really do hope that this conversation is a blessing to you that are listening to it right now. We hope that you share it with someone just to encourage them or maybe even someone that you think and know um, might be struggling in this particular area. So send this out. Make sure that other people know that there's healing and there's hope available to us um, in Jesus. That's all we have time for today. Thank you guys so much. Let's make it a, a canon event. Yeah, I think I'm using it right that we we run to the lord when we're when we're um bombarded by the the lies of the enemy right was that good yeah that's yeah, pretty good uh, let's go <laughs> all right thank you guys we'll see y'all in the next one like and subscribe and whatever else will, will says we'll see you soon